Gregory loses his clock, and you will lose your mind. It's Arsene Sinclair, episode 80. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Arsene Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Gregory oh, loses oh, oh. his clock. What a name. Aaron, are you, uh, is there one item in your life that you're constantly misplacing? Yeah, one. Are you kidding me? Aaron loses everything. My, my number one most lost item by far is the phone. <laughs> I lose it everywhere, all the time. The car keys are in there. Of course, a lot of people lose those. Remote controls, yeah. I tend to lose those. The main thing that I lo- lose is the fact that I, everything that I need... I've just seen, but can't remember where I put it. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I'm the worst at, is that I'll keep an item in the same place in the same drawer for decades. Yeah. And then one day I'll be like, why is that thing in there? That doesn't make any sense. I'll move it to somewhere where it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I've done that. And, and or another one you do is the, man, I haven't used this for years. It's time to throw this sucker out. <laughs> that's right. That's, and, and so that's happened to me so many times that I, I'm afraid to throw stuff out. Mm-hmm. So I've got uh, just a huge totes full cabling and and, uh, and weird adapters. Which has come in handy more than once. Well, I mean, I, most weird adapters I've got. I mean, I've, not to mention doing this show. We've done so many nut. I mean, look at this setup now. Mm-hmm. People can see what we've got going on now. It's ludicrous. But I've got so many weird adapters and stuff that we've used over the years and SCART stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, who needs that? Nobody. But I got it, you know. And don't even get me started on the amount of weird video digitizers and stabilizers and all sorts of crazy crap. I've bought multi-hundred-dollar things just set in a the drawer. They're mm-hmm. just sitting in there. So, yeah. But I lose, mostly, I either lose stuff that I instantly need or I misplace stuff that I'm going to need sometime in the future. That's- yeah, yeah. Have you ever thought about getting one of those devices that attaches to the thing that you lose, so you can you can ping it? I, you know, I got one of those once, mm-hmm. and I gave it to my dad. It was just it, I didn't use it. It was too irritating. It I didn't trust it. The setup was weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure they got a lot better, but you know. I'll tell you the the number one use of the old Apple Watch. Yeah, is when I lose my phone. Because I can ping, I can make my phone ring with my watch. That's the only way I can find Have it. Have you seen those ones. commercials where like someone drove their car off a ravine <laughs> and Apple Watch calls? Yeah. It's like, listen, so and so's out. Can mm-hmm. send the help. You right. Know? I want to be the, the guy that says I was out parasailing and I got swept off into the ocean. Yeah. Listen, if that's if that's if that's a commercial for never going parasailing, I've never heard one. It's also a commercial for having cell towers in the middle of the ocean right. somehow. <laughs> right. Is that a free service? You got to pay for that extra a death service. No. Well, what you're doing is you're calling nine one one. But I mean, the, no, that one guy I've heard one where like there was a dude, the chick was unconscious. Oh. And the watch called. Like, How does that happen? They're like, I don't know. I guess the watch. How, how does the watch you. know? Because I was thinking to myself, if you go to like, for example, you know, we didn't get to have our New Year's party, but like often you, you you'll you'll be down, right? And you're not responding to your watch. <laughs> when I've had too many, the last thing I want to do is talk to my watch. You know, and I, I can tell see them I'm okay. I can see paramedics showing up at Good Matt's house when you're face down to pull your own puke. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I went to visit my grandmother who is recently. <laughs> Wow, that's a stretch. <laughs> she was trashed out of her mind. <laughs> no, um, she's recently moved into assisted living, and that's that's sort of a scary thing. But she's moved into a, like this is this is she's doing okay. Yeah. She's doing okay. Good. 
And uh, but they actually have motion detectors set up inside the room. So she's not on totally. She's like she's got an apartment and she's still on her own. So it's not full on assisted living, but it's part of the complex. Right. You know? But they've got these motion detectors. And if they don't sense any motion in between the sort of normal waking hours, they'll send somebody up to check on you. Oh, man. Which I think I think is a good idea, you know, because normally you're up moving around doing something over the course yeah, of the day. That... And well, <laughs> not this weekend. <laughs> But anyway, Aaron, uh, before we dive into Gregory Loses His Clock, we need to thank all of our Clive's Club members. You know, oh, yes. We are over our goal, Aaron, of making our Sinclair a weekly program. And there's a lot of folks that are helping with that. And the shining stars of that effort are our Clive's Club supporters. So we want to thank Richard Goulstone, Paul Harrington, McChessers, Jed Byrne, Justin Tenpot Gamer, and Orkmeal for being part of the crew, the big dogs of the Patreon scene. And of course, we've got a lot of smaller dogs that are also very useful. Thank you, dogs. uh, Yeah, we thank all the dogs. We're petting all the dogs. We're petting all the dogs. But Aaron, it's time to stop petting the dog and talk about Gregory Loses His Clock. What a a wacky title for a game boat. It is. I mean, this was a strange one here, man. So Gregory Loses Clock uh, released late in the game here, 89 boat. and published by Mastertronic Plus. There's a funny story behind this, which I'll get to. Uh, the uh, the creator of this, Don Priestley, he was a prolific uh, creator of content. He worked for an outfit called, I believe it's called Piranha, which they, uh, they didn't last long, but he was like one of the king dogs. Listen to this guy's back catalog of work here, Boat. He worked on the Benny Hill game, Hill of Benny, Trapdoor, Minder, Popeye, this is like a we, it's like an episode list, right? About our stuff. We've done all those uh, except for Benny Hill, I've Dictator, uh, Maziacs, 3D Tanks, City Patrol, uh, Meteoroids, uh, and Damsel and the Beast. Now, eventually, I guess Don hit the wall, as, as it were. So he left. He left Piranha, and he did this uh, last game here. Gregory loses clock. This is the last game he did. Really? Yeah. I was interested in where this game fit in yeah. with the likes of Popeye and Trapdoor because uh, it is so similar. So according to a, a little blurb I found on, on Moby, uh, he had been a teacher. So okay. there you go. He's one of your boys. Yeah. He learned about computing by taking a night class in Pascal. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? He's more motivated than I am. Uh, his first commis- commercial releases came out in the Bug Bite label, and then a bunch from the DKtronics. And uh, when and he said it says here when the games industry was moving towards development teams rather than individuals, Priestley decided they didn't like the way that was going, so he went back to teaching. Hmm. There you go. So well, this was know, the last game he did. I, I just as uh, just as I did, I left the profession for a while. And uh, and sort of got burnt out in return. How much Pascal did you pick up? I, I picked up very little Pascal. <laughs> All I did pick up was a hatred of being locked in a cubicle. Right? <laughs> there mm. you go. Um, this this was a forty eight k joint. Uh, this has your usual control methods, which I, I love. A game that gives you choices. This one just the joystick just worked instantly. To yeah, do nothing. I love. I don't know why more. Of course, this is a later release. Yeah, but it was like. Here, the, the, the title screen is great because Gregory loses his clock and then it gives you all your mappings right there. Yeah. You set it up exactly right. Or it says, if you got Kimpson set up, don't worry about yeah. it. You're good. Uh, this was, uh, um, now get this boat, and this is wacky. This was also released on the Amstrad. Okay, mm-hmm. now, 
I kid you not when I say, you know, I like to, we do like these little comparison videos. I scoured the web to find video, the Amstrad version. And the only version, the only Amstrad CPC gameplay I saw of this was a guy playing it on his Amstrad with the camera focused slightly cock out on his monitor. Oh my gosh. It was it one was, of those guys. And it looked, well, no, I mean, give the guy credit. He's the, he's the King Dong of this game. He's the only guy that had a video. So there's something, there's a, there's one right for the plucking. Uh, this was uh, two pound ninety nine p upon release. Quite a bargain, uh, I think. It, it, I, I think most of these games in any uh, market. On, uh, most of these, I believe that Popeye Trapdoor. Uh, from what I remember, looking at the box, they were all one pound ninety nine, two pound ninety nine release. This dude had a style, didn't he? There's he no did. doubt about this. Yeah. Now, uh, this particular game is quite a bit different than, in my opinion, than his previous offerings. Uh, in that, I mean, there's a lot of similarities, but this is a, I think, of the ones we've played, uh, this was the most playable of the bunch. I mean, this was like uh, uh, playing something that you could control. This was, he had, I guess he's known for his large uh, uh, graphical, you know, large humans or whatever mm-hmm. is on the screen. And this game has a Dude that takes up literally a third of the screen almost by yeah. himself. Yeah, you've got a in 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 Gregory. You've got a large protagonist. You got uh, no HUD, no HUD no. in this game. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that this is. I mean, let's. Well, I'll, I'll get into what I think about whether this was an evolution or not in a second. But you want to talk about what? I'll talk about it. What the heck? Get in there. Listen, talk man, about that opening. Gregory loses his clock. This is a game that does what it says on the tin. Yeah, okay? that's the truth. That is the truth. So the first thing that you see when when the, when the game starts up is you see Gregory going to bed. Okay. So actually, you, what you see is yourself putting the clock up on the shelf. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> you put the clock on top of the chest of drawers. Did you ever know anybody that called it a physical Chester drawers, like Chester A. Arthur? Yeah. That's common in West I will say, I've never known anyone that had a clock the size of a suitcase, which is what this guy's got. This is like the chud. He needs the biggest clock on earth to wake him up. So anyway, you're you're in your room. You're in your jammies. You put the clock on the chest of drawers. You climb under the covers, and then you go to sleep. But your sleep is interrupted. Your sleep is interrupted by uh, everything disappearing from your room. Uh, First off, your your window disappears, your your wallpaper. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is this. First of all, this is one of the few games that had a legit opening, right? Right. And you're, it's an interactive opening because yeah. you have to put the clock on the on the chest of drawers. Yeah. But you're right. the The wallpaper comes alive, and then Gregory is slowly robbed of his entire home, <laughs> and eventually his body is <laughs> right. Break. Right. So everything disappears out of the room except for poor Gregory's head. <laughs> it spins around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the game begins. Yeah. And, and, and the, over the course of the game, you are finding the pieces of your clock yeah. to reassemble and return to your bed. You Now you're under a, a, a time crunch to do this, yes, right? Yes, you are. That's the truth. So you have a limited amount of time. And the, the time is uh, put on the screen in a rather weird way. Instead of putting it in the HUD or putting it up in the corner, you know, ticking down, every once in a while, it'll tell you the time. Yeah. And that kind of tells you, all right, well, I need to get a move on with things. It reminded me, if you ever played the pinball game Funhouse, occasionally they're going to say, it's 4 o'clock. Right. Or it's 5 o'clock. It's very similar. That's what that. this does. It just, except instead of audio, it says it, it says it on the screen. And trust me, you need to keep track of that time. Mm-hmm. Because when the time comes, if you don't have that thing done, you're done. Yeah. So what you do in Gregory is you sort of, you know, flounce about 
<laughs> you go to clouds. Is that a word? That's the way. That's the way I see him doing it. What? So you go about and you uh, you have to explore what appears to be like a water treatment plant. <laughs> well, it's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, um, but the beginning is I always think sewer. Okay, sewer. Uh, I always just think about the water treatment plant, like on I sixty four. You would you, smell that, though. Yeah, that's you were, true. That would be bad time. Yeah. Um, then you go into the jungle, as yeah. you do. Yeah. Uh, then you go to the you go to a museum. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, you're placed in a tank on some sort of you know scorched earth battlefield level. Let me ask you before we keep going here. I'm going to interrupt you. you. You did not get it. You didn't actually physically get to the tank. Heck you? no. Okay. Heck no. Because uh, I mean, I thought I did pretty good, and I didn't get very far. Listen. So. so what you do is, uh, this is another one of these games where you, you pick up items, you use the items in within the environment yes. to progress through the story, to progress through the levels. Okay? Uh, the way that inventory is controlled is with your button. So in this game, the button, uh, you, you pick stuff up with the button, you put it in your pocket with the button, uh, and you use stuff with the button. I think, that, I think that's everything, right? Well, you also use the button to jump. Oh, and you use the button to jump. If you got when, that far, yeah, yeah, I did not get that far. I did. Yeah, I did. Get I did that not far. get that far. Yeah. So um, now, here is what makes Gregory different than Trapdoor and Popeye, as far as I can remember. Okay, good, because I've got something to say about that. What okay. do you think makes it different? Uh, in this game, it's a lot more focused on the platforming elements of the game. This game requires a lot more control or dexterity than those games. Those games are almost like point-and-click adventure games that you have direct control over. I would say, I would say, I mean, you're right, but I would say this requires incredible, like, uh, uh, manic minor degrees of timing. Yes, yes, you're, 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 you're not wrong about that. Now, um, another thing that's different is that Gregory has an offensive weapon in this game. He, yes, he, well, he gets it eventually. Okay, he, yeah. he gets it. Okay, now what did you remember? Do you recall from the documentation what this thing is? Um, did it say it in the docs? I what I thought it was. Well, at first I thought it was a flashlight, but then I thought it was one of those cup and ball games. I think it's a cup and ball game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if you recall the game from your youth where you have it looks sort of like an ice cream cone and you've got a ball attached to the end with a string and you've got to swing it around to get it to come back onto the cone. Imagine if instead of that, it worked more like a Nerf weapon, where if you yeah. squeezed the cup, it would pop out, not in a straight line, but in some sort of an arcing motion. The, the, the firing of the weapon, I will say, when I first picked up the weapon, I was like, I kept dropping it. Mm -hmm. I kept wondering what I was doing. And I didn't realize that you just had to walk and it just automatically right. fired. So the way that this works is because you're constrained to one button and the one button is to is to pick things up from your pocket or put them away. Uh, whenever you push forward or backward, whenever you push left or right on the joystick, uh, you will fire your weapon uh, that, that many a time. So what you do, like, for example, the first time you have to use this, you're you encounter a room with some uh, sort of homicidal jacks, okay? Yeah. And what you have to do is a you... A bunch of them. Yeah, you have to get it down. This is the way I did it. Maybe it's not the, the only way to do it. But yeah. if you if you destroy all the jacks but two, they won't regenerate. That's right, yeah. Okay. And then you have to pass under the jacks as they sort of make their traversal around the room and pick up one of the wheels that you have to turn inside the water treatment plant. So... You do that, and as you do this, you kind of you're whenever you fire your weapon, you're sort of inching forward microscopically. It's a very humorous thing to watch Gregory do this. And for, uh, let's 
Gregory as a character uh, is a big, he almost is like a, a an adult Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. He's got a, a big old head. He's got a little tuft of hair on top. He's for, and he's got a huge face, and but he's very emotive. What do you think about Gregory as a character? He's great. One of the all time great characters on the spectrum. Really? Really? Because you can see, like, you can tell what's going on. And this game, it masquerades as sort of a fun, cute romp, sort of like a t- trapdoor. But in actuality, this is a gory game about, about a, a poor man in a death maze because <laughs> this game features digitized screams. And I, I, I jumped out of the chair a couple times when this thing screamed. One of the first things you do is go in this room where these four uh, pistons are going up and down. And you've got to go across the pistons to retrieve this uh, giant metal wheel you can use to shut the water off in this other room. And so at the top of these pistons are spikes. And so what you've got to do is go across these pistons, and you can be between the piston and the spike for a few seconds. But if you stay there too long, the piston drives you up into the spikes. Yeah, and it's very, I mean, it's not gory. And it's bloody. It, and he admit he emits a, a a yelp, a scream. It's, right. It's it's not like there's blood and guts that come out, but you yeah. see his mangled body at yeah. the top of the screen. Oh yeah, it makes you think about what you've yeah. done. And yeah. now it's funny once you get and it, there's a trick to it, and I'm sure you got the hang of it. I I did, but it took me a while to get across those pistons. Yeah, I, I heard the scream many times. Yeah, yeah. Um, and okay. So anyway, you uh, what the way this game works is that you have to have the right combination of items in your pocket to be able to advance. And this is where I start to have problems with good old Gregory. Because if you look inside the documentation, uh, the documentation, this is one of these games, and you see it over and over again on the spectrum, where they're like, we're not going to tell you anything because that would spoil the game. Yeah. Well, to me, that spoils the game. Okay, Because I need a certain amount of hand-holding to feel like I've made some progress to make me feel... Now, if I paid £1.99 for this thing, maybe I'd feel differently. Yeah. But if this was a full-price game, that would really anger me. Okay. Now, you have to, for example... Okay, I'll tell you exactly where I got to in this game. Okay? Yeah. I managed to collect all three of the wheels. Okay. Okay? Good. I put all the wheels. I got made all the water disappear. Yeah. I was ready to move through the door yeah. into the jungle level. Yeah. I could not move through the door into the jungle level. And do you know why? I don't know why. Okay. Well, you should because you got to the jungle no, level. No, I don't know why you couldn't do Okay. It. So what do you have to do to get to the jungle level? I don't remember doing anything particularly special. What did you do? Maybe I did it and I know I did okay. it. Okay. You have to not have anything in your pockets other than the, the piece, the, uh, which is not a disc, it's yeah. a piece of the cloth. That's all I had. Okay. So you tried you to kept... take something, would you try to take the flashlight yeah. or something? No, yeah, because what would possess you to, to know that? I put the flashlight down and I'll tell you what. Okay. So this, I stumbled and I've played this, I've got through there many times. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't have save states or anything. I right. played this on the Mr. I played this on the Mr. too. Uh, what I did was uh, in that room where you've got the uh, where you've got the uh, jacks you're gonna get past, once you get down to two, I always drop the flashlight so I don't accidentally fire more. And I just never picked it up. Okay. Well, I always put the flashlight in my pocket because I didn't know if I would need it again. Yeah. So probably not the worst idea. Yeah. So that was where I that was where I stopped with Gregory. Now I went on Discord. And I asked the crew, I'm like, listen, how do I get by this? And they're yeah. like, oh, you got to drop everything else. And I was like, okay. Then I went back to the game and I played it for another 30, 45 minutes and whatever whatever mojo I had to allow me to get by that thing. I'd lost my mojo at that point. 
And I became frustrated because this is a game where you die early and often, and you go back to the beginning every every time that you die. This game reminds me, uh, like I said, I'm going to put it in my perspective here. And by the way, I think one of the reasons you don't like the way the game style is, I think it's a cultural difference. Maybe so. Right? Maybe so. Because over there, kids bought these games for three three pounds, took them home, and they played them for like a month straight. Mm-hmm. And so the people that made it knew, it's like, listen, if we keep some of this stuff on the sly, there'll be more additional game time. Sure. Okay? I, I understand that. Um, this, you know, we played Trapdoor, all right? And I'm going to talk about Trapdoor in comparison with this. Trapdoor was a game where you gather stuff together and you try to do all this stuff. I didn't like Trapdoor all that much. I thought it was confusing. It looked good, all right? This is the game. This guy has progressed to where you've got a, this is a, uh, an actual game, like, which is great. And it's a, or, and what he's done, this is almost like a Dizzy yeah. in a lot of ways. It's, it's, it's like Dizzy meets those other games. Yeah. Yeah. This is, you've got a, you've got great graphics. This is, as far as I'm concerned, this is like the tippity top of the cutesy graphics you're going to get on the spectrum. I think this is, I think, you got an emotive guy. It looks good. I can tell what's going on. I also like the fact that you visit a variety of locales. Correct. You also uh, uh, have puzzles that are this are in this element reminds me of like a manic miner. They seem ridiculously hard, and they are. But once you've done them hundreds of times, you could like the, on my second game playthrough or third. Once I'd played this, actually more like fiftieth, I can whiz right past the pistons. I can whiz right past the jacks. I whiz past all that stuff. I can get, I can whiz through a good chunk of the woods. You know, there's a couple things I don't like. Now, perfect game with perfect gameplay, no, because I, and I don't know if this is a limitation of the system or the just the, the programmer's prowess. The game is uh, very deadly and not in a fun kind of way. In the fact that like it's, it needs pinpoint accuracy with like controls and uh, uh, on-screen movement that doesn't exactly give, doesn't make that a forefront in your mind when you're playing the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also the cheapest of cheapness. On the second level, there's a stupid monkey that throws this ball, and the ball will, you can avoid the ball, and you run off to the next screen, the next flip screen, but that ball keeps going, and it bounces around on the other screen. And so if you take a minute before you go to the next screen, if the ball's gone, you can walk onto the next screen, and that ball had been on the other screen, bounced around, and it came back and hit you a second you walk on the screen. No good. I don't like that stuff. You can't make it so the second you walk on the screen, you're instantly killed. Right. Uh, there's a section where you have to jump on this raft that goes across this pit. Right. If if you are the slightest bit off, and I, when I say off, I mean in game terms, not in real life terms, you fall in the pit. You say, I'm, I'm filling that pit a million times. There's a section where you get the jumping ability. Jumping ability is insane. Your guy will jump on someone, jump back off, and do weird crap. They're, the controls are lacking. They don't have the uh, you don't have the finesse you would need to have a proper platform style game or a jump around game. So he's tried to combine these two worlds. This world of like a trap door and the world of like a platform shooter type game. And he it sort of worked, but he didn't quite get there. Does that make any sense? Yeah, and I agree with you. I, I it's I've come I've come around in the past ten minutes on Gregory, the way I feel about him as a character. Because you explained it well. You know, this is a guy that is going through a death maze. Yeah. He's been awoken from sleep yeah. with nobody. He's gonna look at the camera with that look. 
that yeah. look that he gives you, okay? Now, first, I became annoyed with Gregory because I got tired of him looking at me like he was having a bad day. Yeah. But it turns out he probably is having a bad day. And he looks pretty happy most of the time. Right. But, I mean, sometimes he's just like, I'm screwed. I think that this is much better. I always think about one of the dopiest characters of all time, James Pond on the Amiga. He's who, not as he's, dopey. As he's going through all of his travails, he's in there. He's happy, though. Well, you're not going to be happy when you're doing what James Pond is doing. Well, okay. So I guess I I kind of prefer Gregory's you know worried grimace yeah. now and again. That's what's great about Gregory. Yeah. He yeah. really looks like he like there's some sections you go into with Gregory, and he knows he's going to die in this section fifty times. Right. And the look is appropriate. Like oh god. And plus he knows you suck. Yeah. Now <laughs> I'm guessing that you did not get past the jungle level. I did. You did. Oh, I did okay. get past. But one time I got past it, and I ran out of time. In fact, all, all the time, I ran out of time. That was almost always how Okay, I now I watched the gameplay footage of the third and the fourth level. Yeah. And I could not figure out what was going on in the museum level. Do I, you have any well, idea? No, because once I got to the museum, I was I was done. I was out of time. Uh, so I literally get to look around for like two seconds. This is, we should talk about it as much as we can. And uh, Jigglebox, I think, might have completed this. He's in the chat right oh, now. Oh, wow. So if he'd like to give us a short summary of the museum, we can read that out. But... As far as I'm aware, you, you, you're transported to this museum. It's a two-floor museum. And uh, you have to do something to recognize the various artwork that are in there. Uh, you get a short warning that says, like, watch out for the duplicates or something like that. Yeah. But um, it's totally different than the other levels. There, as far as I can tell, there's no enemies in this level. You're doing something totally different, and, uh, and which is cool. Yeah. You know, I'm a fan of that, mixing up the action a little bit before you go on to the uh before you go on to the final level where you're in a tank you're still using that same sort of arc projectile weapon to get through the end of that i wish and, i'd gotten there that i didn't even want i didn't want to watch in this because i thought i might be able to get there but so i didn't know there was a tank involved it's pretty cool I'm yeah i'm looking forward to seeing that yeah so yeah that, that is that is gregory loses his clock in a nutshell if you're a fan of trapdoor and you're a fan of uh of um, popeye that sort of game you could kind of see this as the zenith of this guy's programming career. Because as far as I'm aware, he was the only guy that was making these types of games. These huge sprites, kind of Dizzy-esque, uh, but also, um, you know, kind of puzzly type games. I, it's a game that defies genre, really. This is my favorite of the games we've played of his. Mm -hmm. All right? Now, it may not be everyone's favorite. Now, I did look at some reviews on this boat to see how it performed. Uh, the, uh, <clears throat> the average score it got was an 81%. Uh, Your Sinclair gave this a 93, and Crash gave it a 91. It also was awarded a Crash Smash boat and a Your Sinclair Mega Game. And I read some of the reviews that were written about it, and they were they put this thing over big time. And it was one of those things like, where did this come from? Like, holy crap, mm -hmm. this is great. Right. I think the choice of the name was no good. That's a no good name. Well, it's a very British name. Well, I so mean, that, I, that, that's a cultural difference, just like the instructions. Well, I would have, I would have came up with something better, to be honest with you. But uh, uh, aside from that, uh, uh, it's. It, I will say you're right. It does. That's exactly what you do. It's what the name says. I, this game, it's not perfect. It's not like my favorite Spectrum game, but I did. I was pleasantly surprised, and with a few minor tweaks, like this is one. Okay, people work on the ZX next. All right, I'm going to call them out. This right here is the type of game you should be trying to put out because you could take the gameplay in this, like you could tweak this and make it more playable, make it more, make the gameplay better, make the controls better and tighter. It needs tightened up. 
and this would be a real fun game. You know, I would like to see a sequel to do, this. Do for you example. have any qualms about the speed of these games? Not this one. I didn't have any problems with it at all. So you, you don't think that Gregory's sort of tempo as he maneuvers about was a little bit slow? Listen, he's not Sonic. I'll grant you that. But he, he listen, he fits the mood of the game for me. Now, I mean, it's not, again, it's... If it was any faster, you would never get anywhere. I'll tell you that right now. It'd be too well, hard. Well, I mean, if, 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 say that everything else moved at the same speed, but Gregory himself just moved faster. It would still be, I mean, they'd have to redo the whole game because the other stuff you have to avoid, it's all timed out. That stuff's timed out pretty well. This, the, the bouncing balls and falling eggs, and all the crap you have to avoid on that jungle level, like the timing, that's what made me think about like a game like Manic Miner where it's so, you have to literally, it's almost like uh, breaking into a bank. You have to know where the guard's at and when mm-hmm. the, where the, you know, it's the same thing. You have to, oh, know where the, where's the egg going to fall? What do I have to do to avoid this? How do I get past this? What do I have to jump on this? And it, and it, that's what makes the game. So I really, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit, but it's not perfect. It needs a little help. Do we get any Discord action on this? We did. We got an, a review from Pajaco, 6502. He says, like the scene at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark when the Nazis pop the lid open and it's all beautiful. Then it quickly turns bad. No. I started out enjoying the game. Puzzle elements. No precision gaming. Brilliant. Then I reached the jungle level. (laughs) Eggs to the face and bouncing or walking off platforms after jumping made for an exasperating experience. The art museum level is simple and just requires a map or a good memory. And then it's back to lots of dying on the last battlefield level. Overall, this game could have been really good, but unresponsive controls and having to redo chunks of it each time you die was its downfall. Yeah. But the big sprites looked fantastic, and the audio is that classic specky sound. Although that death scream will haunt me until my dying days. <laughs> Five out of ten. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We also got a review of Jig- from Jigglebox. Jigglebox writes, I enjoyed this game, although it is extremely frustrating. The graphics are great. Nice, large, central character and colorful scenes. The sound is satisfactory. It adds nicely to the game. The gameplay had me cursing every time I went wrong, but it also has that just one more go appeal. Essentially, you need to learn the mechanics, get into the flow of the patterns, and understand your effect on them too. Overall, very enjoyable, but I couldn't spend enough time on it to be familiar enough to get through it. 8 out of 10. Mm. You know... One of the one of the uh, one of the Discord reviews mentioned something, and I appreciated this out of the game. <clears throat> and that was when you die, it doesn't make you go all the way through it. Uh, you you get to start generally where you were. Uh, for example, during the first stage, if you've gotten uh, uh, one of the wheels and you get killed, try to get the second wheel. You don't have to go get back and get the first wheel. Right. It, right. That's that's yeah. A, I that's a bonus. I mean, if you get if it's game over, it's game. Yeah. Over. Right. But I'm saying it does give you. It does, it, there yeah. are checkpoints because it would be a, a, a nightmare to have to go through this every time. Uh, so I'll give the game credit. I kind of like that. That was kind of a progressive mm-hmm. thing to have in sure. there. Sure. What, what, what year was this released again? This was in '89. But oh, this is. It's hard to believe. I mean, I know this was in the Coco too, but it's hard to believe that in '89. No disrespect, but people were still playing games that looked like this. They had. I mean, this it, is what you had. It's it, it is it's, when you think about the year, it is kind of wacky. Yeah, you know. Uh, I looked at. Is that getting more Discord? On that's this? it for the Discord. I looked on eBay just to see if there was any uh, action on this. You can get these things all day long. Ten U.S. dollars. Of course, they ain't the U.S. brother. They're over in uh, the U.K. You're gonna have to pay that U.K. shipping, which you ain't got, cheap these no days. No sir. No sir. 
All right. Well, Aaron, uh, before we go, uh, I do want to, a uh, quick correction. Uh, I left off one of our Clive's Club members. I apologize. He's our newest Clive's Club member, Hall, a.k.a. Hermski. Oh, you, 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 don't, leave, him you don't leave off the Hermski. Oh, he might vote a robot sure. to come yeah. over here. Yeah, he's the chairman of the board. <laughs> Thank you, so. Hermski. Uh, we also want to thank our other Patreon supporters for our Sinclair, uh, Chartel, Shashi Das, Jigglebox, David Terrace, Andrew Waite, Eric Nelson, Captain Crispy, Laurent Giroux, Mark Downey, Peter Mulholland, Chris oh. Folds, Gary Heather, Mark Durham, Mitsuyama, and Pixels at Dawn. Thank you guys so much for helping us, uh, for supporting the show and helping us reach our goal of turning yes. this into a weekly program. We really appreciate it, guys. Of course, Thank you. Uh, we have other shows that we do. If you're into the retro computing scene, we do Amigos, a show all about the Amiga computer. Uh, we have a show called The Coco Show. It's all about the Tandy TRS-80 color computer. Mm. And our newest program, the Atari ST Show, uh, which, you know, it's about the Atari ST. I've heard so, that. Yeah. I've heard you can that. find all the shows. If you want to just subscribe to one podcast feed, the Amigos Retro Gaming Network podcast feed, they're also available on their own separate feeds as well as on YouTube. If you want to watch the show live, twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. Make sure you click on the notification bell and uh, you can be notified because we do record this show at different times over the course of the month. Uh, today we're on Sunday, but you never know for, for the next installment. Speaking of the next installment, Aaron. Uh, yep. We are going to be playing. Oh my gosh, I've forgotten. All right, I didn't forget, but I, I put it in a different place in the document from where I normally do. It is smooth. Um, this is a game by Mel Croucher. Now, when you hear the name Mel, what do you think of? Stow it, dingy. What does that mean? You know, Mel from Mel's Diner. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought that was Mo. No, Mo's from Mo's Mel. You know, Alice. Ever said so, Alice? Uh -uh. No, never mind. Um, I always think about the host of Bake Off. Remember Mel? Wasn't Mel one of the hosts on oh, Bake yeah. Off, the blonde? That's but, not who I think of. But Mel Croucher is who did this game. Mel Croucher's Deus Ex Machina. Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I've heard of the first part of that. So this is uh, a pick by Clive's Club chair and, uh, of course, member Paul, a.k.a. Hermski. We oh, want to thank him. As well as thank Boss Man for suggesting this to Clive's Club and having them vote on it. So thank you, Paul. Yeah, this was great. Doing that. I, was really, I really enjoyed this one, though. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we will see you in our next installment for Deus Ex Machina. Until then, rewind tape. And press play.